Hello fellow sports photographers. My name is Dee Mukteropoulos, or All Sports Snapper, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to the Photography Philosophy Podcast, where I will be having open discussions with the world's best sports photographers. I hope this will give you an insight behind the long lenses from the men and women who fill the back pages, websites, and magazines with amazing imagery. My guess is this that this will be one of many podcasts you'll listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter, at AllSportsNapper, or my website, AllSportsNapper.com, with any questions or suggestions. In this eighth episode, I speak to Getty Images Australia photographer, Ryan Pierce, a talented snapper who regularly travels the world to cover the biggest sporting events. The last few years have seen him travelling with the Australian cricket team, and his access and sharp eye have seen him produce some fantastic behind-the-scenes images, as well as standout action you expect from Eddie Getty Images photographer. His website is packed with strong photography and a great example of how to use light at live events as well as in studio setup situations. We speak about shooting in golden Aussie light, moving through the ranks from a local paper to working for the Essendon Bombers, which is an Australian rules footy team for all those listeners not from Melbourne, how being recommended by a friend got him the job at Getty, how just having the right gear doesn't make you a photographer, and how cameras fail when shooting at the Australian Open, and how the Getty operation works at this Grand Slam season opening event. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, and uh, welcome to Photography Philosophy Podcast, and um, we have a colleague and very good friend of mine, Ryan, um, but let's let's uh, start like we always do. Please tell me your uh, name and where you're from, sir. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, Ryan Pierce uh, is my name. I live in Sydney, Australia, um, and I've, uh, I've been a staff photographer with Getty Images for nearly 12 years now, um, uh, and I've worked for Getty in their Melbourne office, their London office for about five years and been back in Sydney for uh, about five years as well. So, um, yeah, got to shoot lots of different sports uh, and events around the world um, and now I call, call Sydney home. Very much so. Now with your uh, now settled settled in Sydney now and uh, we caught up not long ago in, uh, in sunny Spain as well, which was nice. Yes, yes. Um, somehow, uh, somehow you, uh, I think you stole an invitation to my wedding out of someone else's letterbox and uh, turned up there with uh, your lovely family. So, yeah, it's great to catch up there and everyone had a great week. And I'll make it public. Congratulations on uh, on your uh, marriage as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm a very lucky <laughs> man. I'm still pinching myself. So Yes, and uh, yeah, I can't believe she said yes either. But um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move um, straight into the... Uh, photography side of it because that's what people are listening listening for sure. um let's start um your first photography memory when did it all begin well um ever since ever since i was um a little tacker really i was um i've got photos in family photo albums of, of me always holding cameras whether it be uh one of my dad's cameras or or just 
you know, family cameras or, or friends um, uh, or toy cameras. You know, I've got lots of photos of me holding cameras even when I was, you know, two, three, four years of age. So um, I guess there was always something there, um, some sort of passion that, that um, you know, led me to take take a lot of pictures around, uh, you know, family events and whatnot. But then I guess um, probably when I was early teens, um, I, I tended to steal uh, Dad's camera, whatever he had at the time, and, and, and just, you know, take it to school or, or um, you know, take it along to any sporting events um, that we'd go to and, and just, you know, just getting a better feel for the for the settings and, and what, you know, the camera's... Uh, how, what they could do, I guess. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess as I started started playing around with them, um, realised that you know you can take some fairly uh, good sports pictures with some fairly fairly simple gear. Um, and um, I guess, yeah, just got got more and more confidence, and, um, and which led to you know getting more motivation to to get out and shooting whatever I could uh, on the weekends and, and during the week. So. Yeah, so all just at the local sports, uh, the local venues, or were you playing at the time as well, or was it just sort of um, going down on the on the weekends to shoot stuff instead of competing um, in the sports as well? I was still playing as well, um, but I guess I got to a certain age where, and I was a bit of a sports nut. I guess I was always playing sport or watching sport or reading about sport. Um, probably got to a certain age where I probably thought, you know what, as much as I love sport, I'm probably not going to be good enough to to be professional in, in any, any particular sport. Um, so I thought I might give this, uh, you know, photography or, or media game uh, a go, you know. So um, that's where I really sort of, you know, started to, to knuckle down and, and, and find out a way how I could actually make a career out of uh, out of a passion, I guess. And, and I guess my passion has probably always been... Um, about sport rather than photography. I guess I've just managed to combine the two to, to make a career out of it. It seems to be a very common theme. I mean, I've said this before, but it's, you know, a lot of uh, sports photographers are failed sportsmen or, you know, most of them realize early enough before sort of waiting until they're uh, 40 years old. But, uh, yeah, it seems to be a very common theme that I'm finding uh, yeah. <laughs> with <Absolutely>. these interviews. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I've, I've always said that, you know, if you can't be playing at the top level, I, I honestly think the media is the second best thing because um, you still get to, to travel um, around the country and around the world seeing the best events. Obviously, not paid as well as a lot of these sports people. Um, but, um, you know, and if you're embedded in a particular sport, I guess you get to know a lot of the, the sports people well. So, um, you know, you know you, you're nowhere near having the life that they have, but, you know, you can get a glimpse from time to time about what it is like to be involved in top level sport. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's. I, I don't mind actually stepping forward a bit now, uh, a little bit. We'll come back to um, some of your other things, but uh, can we just? You said embedded in the team now. Um, I know from uh, from personal experience and uh, working with you that uh, you work very closely with the Australian cricket teams. That that's. Uh, I'm yeah. allowed to say that, aren't I? Absolutely, yeah. No, exactly. Um, for the last three years, um, I've been travelling with the Australian cricket, the the test team, wherever they go around the world. Um, it's been an amazing experience, and and I guess it's 
um, I was, I guess, shooting, you know, multiple sports for a long time, for the majority of my career, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, but then, you know, you look around at the, the amazing photographers and, and you know, it's just successful careers that some of our uh, the Getty Images photographers um, have carved in the industry, uh, you know, and they haven't been specialising in a sport or, um, or a number of sports. Um, so I thought, you know, I, an opportunity came up, so I, I give it a go and, uh, always loved cricket, played cricket all through school. Um, you know, it's a, it's a real Aussie thing to spend your summers either at the cricket or at home on the couch watching cricket. So it's, I guess it's just ingrained in, in, in the Aussie culture. And, um, so to be able to travel around with, um, you know, guys that I guess have always been your heroes and always, always look up to has been an amazing experience. And, um, yeah, there's been some highs and some lows along, along the way in the, the last few years, but, um, it's, yeah, it's been an amazing experience and, uh, you know, learn a lot about how to deal with, with, um, with people and, and, um, you know, how, how to get the best out of, uh, working relationships as well. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, one of the things that I've noticed, um, uh, you know, coming into Getty and, you know, working with guys like uh, Clive Brunskill who does our tennis and uh, Mark Thompson and Clive Mason who do our Formula One is, uh, yeah, having that knowledge of the sport and having the knowledge of the athletes and the athletes uh, knowing knowing you obviously makes a big difference, not only in um, in the way you shoot the event, but also the way they react to you as well, being at these events as well. So I've noticed that your portraits as well, they've been um, some really uh, amazing portraits that you've been able to sort of do on the side of these uh, these tours, you know, where, yeah. whether it be you know doing the ashes and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, are they something that you um, go out and set look out for, yeah, or is absolutely. that something the AC or the Australian Cricket Board say, okay, can you do these kind of things? Or yeah, absolutely. It's well, it's something that was it's was never expected um, by Cricket Australia or, or or Getty as such. It's just something I, you know. I saw an opportunity to just do something a little bit extra, um, and once you've got once you got to know the players quite well, and there's a relationship there, and the trust level, I think that's the most important thing. You know, you can start to float some ideas, um, and you know, most of them they they go with, and some some they they don't, or or you know, they ask me to tone down the the idea a little bit, but um, I think I've managed to to push the boundaries um, quite a lot with you know. Getting blokes out of their comfort zone just a little bit and and doing some, you know, some just some different things and just showing a different, showing you know, I guess people um, readers the magazines and newspapers and, and, and websites just a different side of the cricketers and um, and that really you know they're fairly down to earth guys that that uh, aren't too caught up in the in the million dollar world of sport and um, you know they're prepared to you know. Really relax and and, and uh, you know I guess take the Mickey out of themselves a little bit as well at, at times. So um, yeah, it's always it's always fun doing that, and um, it's just something yeah. I guess that also sets Getty apart from from their competitors as well. I think, and, and that's across all sports. You know, having having one the the guys embedded with 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 a particular sport or sporting teams um, and getting this access, it, it's something. It's something that really sets Getty apart from the opposition. Yeah, I was going to say your your um, your images, which I will put a link to on um, the show notes. Uh, 
Uh, you know, you always have very strong portraits, and you can tell by the um, by the by the the people in the photos that they're always very comfortable around you, which is something um, that again you just don't get by showing up for five minutes and saying, "Oh, can I do a picture?" You know, you can actually see. I can think. I think you can see the um, the comfort and trust that the the subjects. I don't, I don't like to say subjects, yeah. but the, the people in the photos have. With um, with you there as well, so it's it's obvious to see, and like I said, I'll I'll, I'll put a link for that as well. So um. yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's um like I said, I'll just touch on it quickly again. It's just yeah, about yeah, of course, the trust. I think um you know you, you get a lot of questions from people going, how did you get so and so to pose for that? How did you you know um and it's 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 years or it's months of work just to get you know people's trust and and they see that okay. You're not really going to turn them over 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 a photograph, you know. That's you know, or if it does look ridiculous, you're going to actually tell them and get them to change the pose or something. Or so, you know, it's a two way street. You know, you've got to you got to respect uh, got to respect them, and 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 you've got to hope that they um, you know they respect your professional judgment about what what goes out to the the press at the end of the day as well. So. You make a call and say, "Okay, this is what I think will work best." And yeah, you want to make them the 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 players look as as good as possible, don't you? You want to make you you want to show them in the best light as possible. So, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be a, a positive for everybody involved. So yeah, it's a uh, and yeah, like I said, it's it's good to see that as and it shows definitely in your in how strong strong your images are. Uh, now, before we let's go back in time a little bit before we sort of um, got to the cricket side of it. Uh, what what were you shooting on in the early days? What how did you get first get paid? You know how how did you go from taking pictures at the local club to to actually someone saying, okay, this guy's good enough to get his uh, pictures in our publication and give him some money to do it more often? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I think it probably probably came from taking pictures at. At school, um, of my mates, you know, playing football on the weekends, I had a fairly serious knee injury when I was about 16, I think, and I was out for about a whole season. So, um, yeah, just started taking pictures on the weekends of the, and the guys. And um, I look back on it now, it was probably a little, little bit cheeky, but I was actually selling the pictures to them and, uh, and <laughs> you know, making making a dollar or two on the side, Um um, but they all thought they were great pictures and were happy to pay for them. So um, uh, I guess that's that was my first paid job, I guess. And then, and as I, um, you know, got got a little bit more confidence and whatnot, I, I um, approached uh, the local newspaper in in the area where I went to school down in Essendon in in Melbourne, um, and they they took me on to do just some weekend local sports, so you know, football, uh, AFL cricket, um, basketball, whatever it was on. Um, and that was, you know, amazing experience just to, to go around and, and shoot, you know, you'd be shooting eight assignments in a day perhaps and not, not staying for, you know, any longer than 15, 20 minutes at each, at each sort of local ground. And, and it mixed in with that, they might send you off to a car yard to take some used car pictures for the, for the, the classifieds and, or, <laughs> you know, or down to the, down to, um, you know, the home store to, to, you know, shoot a, a dishwasher or a fridge or something. So it was, you know, it was amazing grounding to get experience across, you know, multiple, multiple fields, I guess. And, um, you know, and I was, 
well, I was in year 12 at the time, I think. So, yeah, about 17. Um, and then through that relationship, um, uh, that community newspaper, Mooney Valley Community News, had a relationship with the Essendon Football Club, which is one of the main uh, AFL teams in Australia and, and Melbourne. Um, that's and Australia. That's Aussie rules football Aussie for rules. Our, uh, American a, and English friends that are listening. It's a very – like cricket um, – Quite a strange game, but something that you basically have to love if you're an, you're an Australian. Um, so uh, and yeah, the um, so I end up shooting the Essendon games for the, the local newspaper. Um, so that was quite a big step up because that's you know it's quite high level professional sport in Australia. And um, yeah, so I turned up there with some you know some of the seasoned pros from the newspapers in Melbourne, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing and. Had some fairly simple gear, and um, that was just an amazing experience. Plus, I was a massive Essendon fan myself, so uh, yeah, it was it was I was quite in awe of everything that was going, you know, on around me. And there are days where you go to the, the Melbourne Creek Ground, the MCG, which holds over a hundred thousand people, and you sat there and you know trying to trying to get something sharp with a manual focus lens and and a uh, single shot SLR and uh, what were you shooting? Can you tell me what, yeah, what were you I, shooting on then? I started off with, um, and it was my dad's actually, it was a, a Nikon F50. Um, so, yeah, single shot uh, with a, um, a 300mm 2.8 Tamron lens, which was from the newspaper. Um, so I'm really glad I got to learn on manual focus gear and, and on film as well um, because the digital era came in fairly soon after that. So I'm glad I had a few years um, of, of grounding, even though, uh, you know, you know, just in case your, your, your AF lens goes down, you can always go back to, to manual. Um, but to be honest, yeah, it's a long time since, since I've used manual focus for, for, you know, any fast sports anyway. So, um, um, yeah, so I had that, had that gear early on, um, and then uh, after that, I was back to back to school, you know, taking more pictures during the week and, you know, at school functions and whatever and also selling them. And then the school gave me a little bit of money too on the side to, you know, shoot whatever they needed done. So, yeah, and then um, after I left school, the um, relationship with the football club and the newspaper ended. So I um, ended uh, – I approached the football club directly and they took me on as their official club photographer for the next uh, three years, I think. So, um, and look, the money wasn't great, but it was an amazing experience and also uh, got me to, uh, you know, I guess learn and, and, and be around all the, the senior professional photographers at the time in Melbourne, um, which was amazing. And, you know, they uh, took me under a few of the guys, took me under their, their wing, you know, uh, Wayne Ludby, Michael Dodge, uh, Rob Chimfloney, uh, you know, these guys in Melbourne who were amazing um, and, uh, you know, helped me, basically helped me work out what, what I was doing, basically, because I, I had no idea. I really had no idea and I was, and I still haven't had a formal um, photography lesson in my life, um, which I look <laughs> back sometimes and go, wow, maybe, maybe I should have gone and done a, a you know, a uni. Um, class or, or a course, course or something, but um, yeah. So that was that basically got me to to that point. And the three years, um, 
did didn't did Essendon not even not have a club photographer back then at all? Um, and no, so back in the late nineties, no, I'm guessing. Yeah, like uh, into the into the two thousands. So it was yeah ninety nine to two thousand and two, I think, um, which was a really successful period for the club too. They were in two grand finals and won a premiership. Um, and um, they didn't. They were just using the the pictures that they had with a deal with the local newspaper. So uh, this was a um, it was a new position, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, something that something I uh, yeah took with both hands and, and ran with. And and then um, while I was doing it during the week, um, also started up a junior sport business. Um, so using guys I knew in Melbourne. Um, to I went and saw all the local leagues and 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 signed deals with them that um, we could have exclusive rights to sell action pictures of of their you know junior teams and even some of their senior teams um, back to the clubs and to the parents um, uh, and that was quite lucrative as well for a little while and um, it was quite funny I, some of the guys I I hired were you know, I put an ad in the paper and um, got a few responses back. Um, and a few of these guys uh, are now, you know, amazing, world famous sports photographers um, in Australia. Um, so Quinn Rooney being one of them, uh, who, <laughs> who um, most people would have heard of. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's quite quite funny how um, it all it all go comes around. Um, so yeah, and then uh, in about two thousand and. Three, I think, I started freelancing for Getty, and um, uh, my good mate Rob, Robert Chamfloni, who's uh, he's a, a staff photographer in Melbourne for Getty. Um, he recommended me to um, to Stuart Hannigan, who was then and still is the boss, uh, the vice president of Asia Pacific for Getty, and um, yeah, started freelancing for Getty, and uh, I was uh, it was a big step up as well, you know, from from doing AFL and and just local sports, um, then to you know being thrown at you know international tennis, Australian Open and cricket and and whatever else was on. So you know you you learn very quickly, um, and having you know amazing photographers around you as well, um, and then got offered a full time job about eighteen months after that, and the rest is history, I guess. Like a duck to water, though, mate. You took to it, huh? From uh, AFL to to tennis to Formula One, and then and you then, sort of so have how... to. You sort of have to. This you you have to be really flexible, I guess. And and having been such a sport sports nut growing up, I guess um, I was fairly fairly well versed on on all the different sports about at least who the athletes were, um, you know, or who the who the guys coming up under them were. Um, so. Yeah, even though even though you hadn't shot a sport before, you sort of half knew where to be. It's a bit second nature, I think. You, um, you know, I guess it. Yeah, you knew the athletes. You also knew the the sport, how the sport worked itself, and exactly. uh, obviously you, you need that, don't you? You can't like I. I must admit, if I was to go and shoot an NFL match, uh, I'd be uh, I'd be struggling. I think at the my first no, few like, games because likewise, yeah, likewise. But if you know, if you you go and shoot something that you've played your whole life, like cricket or Australian rules or soccer even. Um, I guess you've got to just try and, you know, think like 
the athlete would or, or think where the athlete's going to go next or where they're going to be and be a step or a kick ahead of the game, I guess. That's that's what I always tried to do when I was learning. And, and you know, um, you're never going <laughs> to try and – you're not, never going to outthink the, the athletes or what they're going to do, but you can – you can put yourself in a in a fairly good position to 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 get the the best shot that's going to count on the day, I guess. So, I mean, uh, just a, a quick example. I mean, when I was editing for Getty, um, I, I used to see um, a lot of the photographers used to sit on the left hand side, uh, well, on the right hand side of a tuck um, uh, of the Manchester United when Patrice Evra, who was a French footballer playing at Manchester United, you know, a few years back now, and uh, he he was constantly bombing up and down the wing. Um, you know, even though he was a defender, he was constantly on attack, and he made great pitches, and a lot of things happened in front of him. So, n- having that knowledge of the team, of the player, um, absolutely, much absolutely, makes some a, players makes a massive difference. Absolutely, you know, some players will run to certain corners to celebrate, or um, or they might even run to you know certain photographers to celebrate. So, if they're going to do that, you go and sit next to the other photographers, I guess, where where they're going to. Um, where they're going to run to, um, or even technical things, you know, like I guess in cricket you've got right-hand batsmen, left-hand batsmen, and same with the bowlers, you know, and, and you need to be on the right side of the wicket to actually get the best pitches yeah. of them celebrating or of, of them playing shots. Otherwise, you're basically just going to be looking at, you know, side-on rear, rear angles for most of the day, which obviously don't look as good as when they're running straight down the barrel. So, um you just got to think about a lot of things and, um, you know, and, and then, you know, know the stadiums as well, you know, know the stadiums at different times of the year, when the light's good, when it's not, and, you know, where to sit to get the best out of the particular situation. You just, you just need to take a bit of a punt sometimes as well. So it's not, you know, it's not all calculating where to be at the right time. It's, you know, sometimes when it's if it's not working for you, you just got to do something different. Go somewhere you've never been before. And again, and like I think a lot of guys that work for Getty Images, you know, there's basically no point in going to sit with 20 other photographers who are going to get exactly the same shots. You know, be different. Even if even if you're taking a punt, even if you're taking a chance, you know, um, you just got to back yourself that that more often than not it's going to pay off, and 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 you're going to have that, you know exclusive shot that no one else has um so yeah getting something different for sure yeah it's really important i think um otherwise you like all you all of the competitors and um you know i think our clients do love us because we do get that different shot and obviously you know we do have the luxury of of staffing events a little heavier than um than some of our competitors and um so it does allow for people to go off and do that different things as well as getting the bread and butter, you know, head on shot, hunt, you know, man crosses line, um, et cetera. So, um, but even when you're by yourself in an event, you know, if, if you think you've got a few pitches in the bag early, I, I'd always say, um, yeah, try for something different because, uh, you know, you've really got nothing to lose. If you, if you already got the simple stuff done, then, you know, try and surprise a few people. You touched on a few things there, but I, I wanted to ask about the uh, uh, you know you said staff we we staff things fairly heavily at some of the events. Um, can you just tell us? Uh, um, I mean, I've never worked at the Australian Open, uh, being an Australian at tennis. Uh, can you just tell us about uh, you know an Australian uh, Open, uh, you know men's, women's, 
tennis sure. final. Um, how how does the how does the operation work there on on a on a, on a big event like that? Sure. Well, um, I think most photographers you'll ask in Australia, it's the Australian Open's probably one of their favourite events of the year to shoot. Um, and I think a lot of international guys, a lot of the British guys, come out year after year. You know, Clive Brunskill, Julian Finney, Dave Shopland. Um, you know, they come out year after year and um, um, love it just because you know the, the positions are, are really different at the Australian Open. You've got these amazing uh, positions in the roof or the catwalk, basically right above the, uh, the baseline, um, and it's it's something you don't get in many. Definitely none of the other Grand Slam venues, um, but uh, it provides amazing pictures at certain times of the day. And between five and six, uh, about five thirty every afternoon, the the shadow comes across the court and allows you to shoot the server below you with their their top half of their body in sun, but the court is in shade and drops out to basically black. Um, so it gives you quite. Uh, although the shot's been done for you know many many years, it's yeah, at 5.30, when the sun's out, you'll always find 15 to 20 photographers up there shooting that, that shot, <laughs> um, um, you know. So, but it's funny, it, you know, over the course of, I think, the last four years, you've probably only, you've got the best players in terms of, you know, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal. You'll probably only get them in that light at that certain time once or twice every couple of years. So, um, although it might seem repetitive going up every day, you know, they're the players you want to get in that light. And, um, so you just got to hope their game goes a little longer, uh, and, and they make it to that time of the day. But as a, as an overall event, it's, um, Getty Images in Australia have had a long, um, standing relationship with the, with the Australian Open and Tennis Australia. And that's on top of, um, a global deal with the ATP and WTA, um, tours. Um, so, we, we staff, we staff this event quite heavily, um, mainly because the pass is a little, little freer with, with accreditation. So we can, we can get a few more in. So most years we'll have, um, well, we've had up to 15 people before shooting it. Whereas the other Grand Slams will only, uh, I guess Wimbledon, we get, I think three or four passes, the same with the French Open. Um, US Open, we get a little, a few more. So maybe around eight to 10, but, um, yeah, we've got the freedom in Australia just to to um, staff it a little heavier, but we've we've also got um, sponsors brief to cover off um, for Australian Open and Tennis Australia. So all of the you know court signage and and sponsor activations around the grounds, um, and then also for the ATP and the WTA, we've also got um, separate sponsor requirements for them, and plus all the sporting manufacturers. So. Nike, Adidas, Feeler, Prince, Head, all the racket suppliers, um, also working for for many of them, um, shooting all the different players. And I guess Australia's unique, Melbourne's unique, because it's the first event of the season or first Grand Slam of the season, and a lot of the manufacturers have the new new um, outfits, um, especially for the girls. There's quite a you know, high emphasis on getting that new dress, you know, the the new Adidas Stella McCartney dress that, that Caroline Wozniacki wears or, or whatever Maria Sharapova's wearing. So it's all, um, you know, and, and those pictures, you know, get used around the world, not just sporting magazines, but uh, you know, entertainment, fashion magazines. Um, everyone's interested in what, you know, especially the female tennis players are, are, are turning out in every year. So 
so it's an amazing two weeks. It's it's hot, you know. It's you'll get you'll get you know days where it's it, it's topping forty degrees in the air and you know near on fifty degrees this Celsius uh, down on court level. And um, and in the last few years, since the the latest models of digital cameras have, have come in, um, there's quite a few times where they'll actually stop working and the heat warning comes up. Um, you know, if 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 you are in the sun for too long, so you just have to. Um, hopefully have a second body in, in your bag which isn't as warm and just change to that or or if, if it's if the game's at a fairly dead point um, good opportunity to go and get a drink and put the cameras uh, somewhere cool for five or ten minutes while they cool down so have you had your have you had cameras fail um, yeah yeah a few, few times um, um, actually one lucky it wasn't at a senior match but well, it was at the Australian Open but at the match point of the boys final I think two years ago. Um, it was a really long, it's three sets, but really long three setter and picked up, uh, I think I picked up a, my other body, which had a 300 mil on it just to go a little bit looser for match point. Um, and yeah, went to depress the shutter and, uh, nothing happened. And looking at the back of the screen, I'm like, Oh, okay. Luckily it was on, uh, lucky faulted on the first serve and, uh, Quickly picked up the other camera, which had a 400 mil lens on it, so it was a little bit tight on match point. But luckily, he didn't didn't do much, didn't jump up or anything. He just sort of put his racket over his face, and it was uh, yeah, got out of jail on that start, one. He didn't start jumping around the court like crazy. No, and, uh... no, no, no. So I think it was a lesson <laughs> lesson learned, and um, yeah, always keep you know some sort of towel over your cameras, or but even with that, it can you know it can uh, set off the heat warning or the sensor and the whole thing shuts down so um definitely something for our, our friends at, at, at canon and nikon to, to work, look at going forward because we never seem to have those problems with uh film cameras or all the first digital cameras so not sure why we're having it now but that's fine well i'm sure they'll find there's a solution a lot, i think there's a lot more sensitive parts in uh, these no cameras doubt. than there is in those old film cameras that's for sure <laughs> no doubt no doubt but um yeah hopefully they can find a a uh, a workaround to, to that issue because, yeah, you don't want it happening on a fairly important moment. So. Well, I've shot football matches in the snow and I was hoping they actually could warm up a little bit if there was like a little <laughs> heat button that I could press. So I'm um, thinking the others are, I think we're asking a bit much of our cameras now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think the next next model of um, ca- cameras should be making coffees as well, I think, just yeah. have a little <laughs> milk frother on the side or something just to... You know. I'd go hot chocolate over coffee, but yeah, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> they do everything else. Why not? You know. Um, all right. So, w- how, how about what? What's your sort of normal? I mean, I know photographers. What's a normal week for you? What's a, um, sort of the last few years have been a little strange because when I'm back in Sydney uh, and not doing cricket because I've been doing cricket f- full time basically. Um, yeah, it's it's quiet and. Um, you know, let's just say, you know, last few weeks, a lot of all the football seasons have, have, have finished or come to an end. Cricket's about to start or just starting. Um, so I've actually been doing a lot of entertainment jobs, um, which I really enjoy doing. Um, you know, I really love portraiture and um, I guess anyone you're shooting at an entertainment event is usually fairly good looking and, and well styled and well dressed. So really, really um, easy to take some beautiful portraits of of those people so especially music i guess music's a a big big passion of mine and um 
I guess, you know, it's probably people ask me, if you were shooting sport, what would you shoot? And I think I'd love to be a full-time music photographer or, you know, travelling the world doing that, but that is uh, very much a dream and probably not a lot of money in that. So um, I'll stick to sport for now. So, uh, but, yeah, so, you know, there's in Sydney, let's say it's a normal week during the middle of football season, you do you do uh, football trainings during the week, press conferences, uh, and then on the weekend you'd have a couple of matches probably, you know, on a Friday night, a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, back to trainings again the following week. And then in between that, just to, to one, to, to further the coverage and, and two, to really keep yourself motivated and interested and on your toes, try and set up some um, portraiture with athletes and some set up pictures with, with anything that's topical at the time. Um, yeah, so again, it's just back to relationships you have with, with the athletes and the sporting clubs and, and sporting bodies in Australia, which, um, a lot of the guys here do and everyone's got their niche, I guess, and, um, and always have someone to call on when, when, you know, when it's a little bit quiet and we need to, you know, keep the coverage flowing, then we can make a call and in, a, in the space of a day or two, we can, um, you know, hopefully set something up that makes some really nice pictures. Okay. So, and you said the football scenes are finished. So we've got the, um, the A League, which is the Australian Soccer League. Um, or Australian Football League. The, uh, then they've got Australian Rules Football has just finished, uh, and yeah. uh, I'm guessing a lot of the a lot of the countries still in the process of watching the Rugby World yeah. Cup, which is on at the moment. Yes, um, all the Australians are still watching. They're they're still going strong. Um, so yeah, uh, not so much the English, however. So my uh, <laughs> my wife is not overly. Uh, pleased with that being English but um it's a it's definitely a sore point but um so yeah rugby's always um big in New South Wales and Queensland of course there's a lot of interest there um and then there yeah, the A-League is big in Sydney and Melbourne and even up in, in Brisbane as well so they get some good good uh good crowds and um you know, they're trying to get some bigger international players over um they've had some big players they've had Del Piero and Emil Heskey and William Gallas, uh, Dwight York a few years ago. and So, they're you know, they're getting there. Uh, David Villa. We've got Carrie Gunas down there. We've got a former Greek international now who's in Australia, yeah, I think, isn't he's he? down there. You, you'd know better than me. Being, uh, the, I think, didn't he play for Greece once? He was a European champion, mate. He won 2004. Didn't you play did, for Greece? Didn't I play for Greece? No, I'd yeah. be playing for Australia, mate. Okay. Green and gold all the way for me. <laughs> sometimes, um, but uh, yeah. So it's the good thing is in Australia, there's always something on. There's always there's always a league, you know, at peak season or starting or finishing. So it's year round sport, and and given the weather, which we're very lucky down here with the weather and the light, where um, yeah, especially in Sydney, it never gets that cold, um, and and there's always some good light around even in winter. So um, it's basically you know, the perfect uh, perfect weather conditions for, for sports photography. Well, now you, you you know this better than me, but uh, I, you know as uh, for, as a photographer in the Netherlands now, and uh, lived in the UK, and you obviously lived in the UK as well. You do uh, are spoiled for good light down there in uh, in Australia, and I see the same in New Zealand as well. They do get uh, beautiful. It's- it is good light for most of the time. Most of the time, saying that, like 
you know, we're com- coming into summer in Australia now, and especially with cricket, you're doing you're doing a game basically between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. The lights probably the worst you can get in the world because the sun is directly above you, no angle, just beating down. So if there's any sport with hats or helmets on, you've got very dark faces. And um, so, yeah, not great. Either side of that, you're getting amazing sunrises, great red sky sunsets, um, and in certain parts of the country, just, you know, beautiful glowing light um, at the beginning or the end of the day. So you take the good with the bad. I guess, but in winter, when you get a good day in winter, it is, it's amazing all day. Um, it's just, you know, very low, soft light um, that hang, hangs around, I guess, a little bit longer than it would in, in Europe. Um, so, yes, you know, still get a good, good uh, many sunlight hours in the day. So, no snow. That's the, that's the key for me. Not shooting matches in the snow. Yeah, I, I have to say I don't miss um, shooting midweek uh, Carling Cup as it was at the time in Luton Town, freezing like minus two degrees and just sleet and you, you can't feel your hands and obviously you've got to transmit pitches live during the game and trying to type the name of some guy you've never heard of into the keyboard and you can't feel your fingers. It's just <laughs> it, it does it does add an extra element to your to to your work day. Um, it's uh, yeah, so it's nice to be able to, to turn up to work here in uh, shorts and t-shirt, and uh, and uh, you know have full feeling of most of your body. So it's just it's just nice. So what, what would you say then? What's your favourite? Uh, fa- uh, you know, cricket. You've mentioned a few times. Is that the favourite thing you like to shoot, or is there something uh, a sport that you maybe haven't done before that you'd love to shoot? What's what's your what would be what is your favourite at the moment? Um, I guess I have to say cricket because of yeah, basically full time for three years. It's uh, it has become second nature to to go to a cricket event or on a cricket tour, and and you're away for a long time on these cricket tours, and um, you know two to three months sometimes. Um, but you know you just got to make find ways of keeping yourself uh, busy, I guess, and 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 motivated, and and that's one of the reasons why I do the portrait portraits on the side and um, try and find different shots at games but so yeah I'm very passionate about cricket and you know cricket's a sport where even if I'm not tuning I'd be sitting at home watching it on the television um, no doubt so uh, very passionate about that Um, sports that I haven't shot a lot of that that I have um, I did my first Winter Olympics last year in in Sochi Um, really enjoyed that Um, yeah, so I guess winter sports um, would like to do more of, um, and any sort of extreme sports, I guess. Pitch, sports that, yes, everything's been shot, um, you know, all sports have been shot, and um, but I guess anything that makes, you know, nice different pitches, I guess. Um, so extreme sports, water sports, um, just different to field sports, I think. You know, I think you've, you're pretty limited with, field sports these days with trying to get something different um plus you have you know it's quite limited to to where you can sit so if you go out into the, the wilderness and you're doing some extreme sports you know there's no no accreditation there's no uh photo positions there's no there's no restrictions on where you can go and and a lot of the times you can 
you know, make your own different picture, I guess. So, um, yeah, I'd love to do more of that in the future. Um, yeah, and uh, whatever else comes up, you know. All open to all. So let's let's talk about uh, your another question. I sort of made sort of a standard procedure on the on the show is uh, your favourite picture and why is it your favourite picture? Um, can you describe one uh, something that pops out in your head? Yeah, I think probably the picture that is still my favourite um, is probably one of the first sports pictures I ever took. I think it was when I was fifteen. Um, and my dad, who you know, has always motivated me and helped me and encouraged me to pursue a career in, in photography, um, so I obviously owe a lot to to mum and dad and supporting me through the years. But this this um, particular night, we went along to a sumo wrestling event in Melbourne at uh, at Rod Laver Arena, where they hold the Australian Open, um, and we we're just in the in the stands sitting, you know probably in the, what you call the nosebleed seats, you know, the, the cheap seats up the back. And I took along his um, Nikon F50 and he had a, it's a 200 to 400 Tamron zoom lens. And I think it was, it was either 5.6 or 6.3 all the way through. So not an overly fast lens. Um, and this this was an indoor indoor. Um, uh, event and uh, I think I had, well, what did I have? I think I had a, a sixteen hundred ASA film. I think um, so. Yeah, it was pretty dark, and even with that lens, it was still fairly slow. And it's this picture of of one of the big sumos, one of the big professional sumos from Japan, and um, this small child sumo ran out. Um, it was yeah, obviously part of the show. They had you know. And, and the, the small child sumo was just standing there sort of leaning up against this big, huge guy, which is, you know, probably oh, yes. 10 times his size, you know, and, um, that's, yeah, I, I got the, I got the roll of film back from that, you know, a few days later and had a look at it and went, oh, that's not bad. I quite like that. And so I printed it up and, and then about three, four months later, um, in Australia, the major press awards, um, here uh, called the Walkley Awards um, for Australian Press Photography, and uh, I didn't notice on the night, but in the in the general area, maybe on the concourse just below where we were sitting, there must have been a few professional photographers, and basically an identical picture but in colour um, of that moment ended up winning Sports Photo of the Year. Um, would have been nineteen ninety five, ninety six, or something. I'm sure, it's online somewhere, but. Uh, a photographer from the Age won that. Uh, the Age newspaper won that, and I saw that. And I guess that's given me the motive, gave me the motivation to pursue a career in the industry. I guess I think, well, okay, if I can do that with some simple gear, then I don't know, maybe uh, maybe I can make a career and a future out of this game. So, um, yeah, I think uh, that's you know really spurred me on. Is that picture online somewhere, or is that still sort of tucked away in the old uh, uh, I think it's Ryan on Pierce archives? No, I think it's on my website, uh, okay. Ryan, ryanpierce.com, uh, P-I-E-R-S-E, different spelling. Um, Irish Irish spelling, isn't that right? It's Irish, it is Irish indeed. I'm not even going to try and spell your last name. That's just, <laughs> that would be a waste of time. Um, so uh, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's on there 
Yes. Um, okay. Well, and- I'll put a link to I'll put a link on the show notes again for your website, which uh, of course I'm going to highly recommend. Seeing I uh, know your work inside out, and yeah, and and I I was actually looking at the, there's another link uh, which I'll put on the website on our show notes as well from uh, on the Getty have put it an in focus like a. A selection of your best uh, twenty, I think it is twenty pictures. Um, thirty, yeah. I've, thirty. I think, um, Most people have twenty, but you've got thirty. No, okay. actually, no. In in um in Australia, we've all done at least thirty. Some have done more. So um, okay. yeah, I think finally got around to it. Some of the guys did it six months ago, and um, I've been meaning to do it. And it was actually a real pleasure to go through. I guess your your um, back catalogue and. Um, I didn't go through everything, but I sort of knew what I was looking for. But you, you find things along the way, which eventually even forgot you covered, you know, even a few years ago. And it was it was it was a real pleasure looking through that and and being reminded of some uh, some good times and um, yeah, and just putting together your favourite. You know, I'm not even going to say that my best pictures. I think they're just my favourite pictures that resonate with me and and tell a story. And and I could easily tell a story about all of them and how I shot them and. Um, so yeah, um, hope everyone enjoys them and, um, cause I've really enjoyed looking at all the other photographers' sets as well as, you know, we're very lucky to work with, um, the world's best photographers at Getty and, um, you know, that inspires you every day to, to get out of bed and try and, you know, better yourself and, and take better pictures every day, so. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I think I've actually edited two of the pictures that are on this uh, selection. There's a picture from the 2008 uh, Beijing, the flame with the moon in the background. Are you sure and, you edited uh, them? Are you sure? I think I was. I think I was. I was editing a lot of these pictures, mate. Are you sure? I was sure? trying to make. Them, I was making them look better. And then there's another picture here from 2006, the Asian Games. I think that might be the first time we met. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Asian Games in Doha, 2006. Doha, what a place. That, Doha. Was, that was actually not a bad trip. Um, I've that been, was a good trip, actually. I, yeah. I can't remember. I think it was, uh, and I always remember the, um, the, the slogan, you know, every um, event, and it was called The Games of Your Life. The Games but, of Your Life, yes. I remember, I remember uh, one of our American staffers, Street Alecker, just non, nonstop, um, I think he was just singing that everywhere he went, the games of your life. And, and they were, they were amazing. Um, <laughs> they were been, good. I've it was... actually been back a few times and it's, 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 it's grown into quite a, quite a city and, um, it's basically like a, a mini Dubai, I guess. Um, and uh, I really enjoy that part of the world. Um, actually probably some of the best light in the world, I think you'd have to say is in the Middle East. It's, you get to four, four or five o'clock in the, in the afternoon and all the dust in the atmosphere gives this amazing soft glow to the, to the, um, to the light. And I've shot a bit of cricket there in the last few years and, and other events. And it's, um, yeah, I don't think you can get light even, you know, better anywhere that I've, that I've been anyway. So, um, yeah, always nice to go back. So if any um, locals are listening from this from Doha, uh, send us uh, some links to your um, send me some links and I'll uh, I'll share them on uh, with your uh, amazing light photography. I'd I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I, I just again your your pictures here. Obviously, there's a big selection of cricket. There's quite a, a large selection of portraits. And there's one picture actually I wouldn't I'd like you to talk about um, on your selection of pictures again, which I'll put the link to. Um, there's a figure skating photo that you have, which uh, I remember contacting you at the time that you took it, and uh, 
Uh, do you mind uh, explaining? Well, I'll, I'll explain the shot. It's a it's a picture of a a female um, figure skater with her hands up, wearing a red dress, and she's surrounded by the Olympic rings. Now, anyone that knows the Olympic rings, obviously they're very iconic, but you've all, all used them in a very different way. Can you just explain the that picture? Yeah, sure. It's it's a multiple shot shot using in camera multiple exposure setting. On the um, on the Canon 1DX, um, it's uh, I guess look, there's multiple exposures have, have been around since the, the beginning of photography, so they're, they're not new to anyone. But the the in camera function on these new cameras um, allows you to um, somewhat painstakingly um, get a little creative with with uh, multiple exposures. So this this particular picture was made. By first, um, you make you, you set the, the the menu to to um, combine basically the next five frames you take and in order. So if you get one of those frames wrong or out of focus or not how you want it, you basically have to start again. There's no there's no real um, way to do it. That, that this is, I guess, the slightly skillful yet crazy way of doing it. There are other ways of doing it. Um, but um, so you basically you get your, your your main image first, so you can shoot your your action, and you you have to nail it in a single shot. Um, and then around the picture, you can um, basically take um, different components of another subject and move the camera around, so that that other component of the frame is on the top, the bottom, and the two sides of the camera. So. Okay, um, you know, every picture for your next four pictures. So, and then at the end of that, it takes about three or four seconds to to work on the picture in inside the camera. It just combines it itself, and it, and and the final image appears. Um, so it's yeah. Have a look at it on the on the link that Dean's going to put up. But um, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's um it, it does make you think about um, backgrounds and. And um, it only works in certain light lighting conditions, and and um, either if you're shooting into a plain background, or if you want to do it from ground level, you're best to shoot on a on a tripod. And that way, you can also do sort of sequence shots of, of athletes moving through the air, or um, like a, um, a tennis serve. I've seen done quite well. Um, uh, there's lots of different things you can do. Um, and then there's there's sort of the, the less easy and less artistic way, but uh, the results are probably far more spectacular of of um, combining um, photos from different days, different shoots, different events, whatever together, and you can also do that in camera. So a lot less skillful um, as such, but you still got to have a bit of um, creative, uh, you know, knowledge and I guess inspiration to 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 think of a different concept to 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 put together with those. So um, it's just it's something else that you can you can do once you've Again, nailed all the the basic pictures for the day, and and um, just something to add to your set that's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've you've obviously um, you've got all the you know you've you've got some nice standard stock style action shots of this uh, athlete performing, and then you've thought, okay, I'm gonna try something a bit different here, and then you've experimented, yeah, like you said, uh, in, incorporated five photos and. 
it's like the Olympic rings are sort of surrounding her um, and she's in the center of the frame. And also the thing I think you um, forgot to mention, but I will mention, there's a lot of trial and error though in there as well, isn't there? Oh, a lot. That, that picture probably took me uh, probably at least half an hour to nail. So it's best done during a practice session, I guess, rather than the finals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, don't want to be, you don't want to be practicing at the, um, no. <laughs> the gold medal run. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, not not the time to do that. Um, but uh, there's other pictures that's taken me probably longer to to get because you know it is trial and error, and and if you do get it wrong the first time, you do have to go back and and do the whole thing again. So um, at the Australian Open, you can sort of um, you can you can frame pictures. So um, at the semi final of uh, I think it was two three years ago. Um, Ended up shooting a, a serve picture of uh, one semi-finalist. I think it was. Oh, let's let's take a punt and say it was Novak Djokovic serving, and at the other end of the court, uh, who on the other semi-final was uh, Roger Federer. So um, it was basically two frames shot, um, maybe two hours apart. Uh, but I had one one uh, one go at nailing it. So, um, you know, one serve in the left of the frame of, of Djokovic and then the other serve in the right of the frame, um, and then combine them together. It, it, it sort of worked. Um, but yeah, not something that you, uh, want to be doing if you, if you're on a tight deadline or under pressure to get, uh, you know, the, the stock standard shot from ground level of someone celebrating. So, um, yeah, There's a time definitely. And a place. Definitely a day when you have the floating role for the you know, to try and get something different. So, okay, well, um, let's let's just let's talk about what kit are you using then? You're um, you've obviously mentioned Canon a few times, so I'm going to say one Canon one DXs uh, all round. Yep, yep, Canon one DXs, um, and then for cricket, mainly exclusively use a 600 millimeter f4. Um, most, I'd say 90, 95% of cricket grounds around the world, you, you need a 600. Um, there's a couple of smaller ones, which six might be a little tight. So you drop back to a 500 F4. Um, so they're my primaries. Um, and then shorter lenses, um, for, you know, more featurey and portrait type stuff. I've got a 24 1.4, uh, 51.4. An 85 mil 1.6, I think that is. Um, and then your stock standard sort of photojournalism lenses, a 2470, 2.8, 7200, 2.8, uh, 300, 2.8, and a 400, 2.8. So, um, for your, you know, standard day to day assignments. So, yeah, a lot of lenses, um, but they all get used fairly regularly and, um, yeah, um, actually, probably that's a fav- favourite lens I didn't didn't mention. Um, really love the thirty five one point two um, for portraits. Um, I use that a lot for portraits, full length portraits, and um, and also you know sort of landscape stuff as well. Is um, just a beautiful lens and really sharp when when you get it right. So um, I usually yeah. ask the. Um I usually ask the guests on the show to uh, 
ask for uh, if uh, our bosses Stu, hello, if you're listening, or um, Steve, if you hello, if you're listening. <laughs> I always ask them. You say, oh, maybe you know, if you is there a lens that you could wouldn't like to add to your kit? But I think you've just described every Canon lens that they've got on the market on the market at the moment. So I'm not going to ask you that. Uh, that question and I'm you've got you know it'd be nice I'll, I'll, I'll put in Uh-oh. a wish list I wish, okay. wish can. they've got the 200 to 400 zoom has been amazing okay. maybe if they can get like a I don't know like a 200 to 600 zoom something like that <laughs> that would take all the hard work out of photography right basically <laughs> so you can just sit there and just shoot anything that comes your way no no um uh let's hope they don't make one of those um, but don't make it too easy for people, do we? Oh no, exactly. And actually, I was going to mention it before, but the gear is so good these days. And um, you know, you, I'm not going to say you still have to be a photographer, but a lot of people, if you've got the money, you can pick up the gear at the moment and take some fairly decent pictures. The gear is so good and does most of the things for you that. Um, you know, it can take a lot of the the skill out of it. But so I say, you know, people that get in touch with you and, you know, in younger kids coming through, I always say start off with a manual camera. Start off not, not you know, manual focus, sure, if you want to, but manual settings on your camera I think is so important just to understand exposure and understand what you can do with these cameras when you actually turn the auto settings off, you know. Um, because if you just shoot on auto all the time, you're not going to get anything different and uh you know it's gonna just look like everyone else's pictures basically so um yeah that's how good the gear is and i think i'm that's why i said before i'm glad i had a few years on on the slightly older system um but now you can yeah it's getting to a stage where anyone could pick the gear up and and jag a decent frame i always do a little a little test for myself actually that uh so as I take my kit out of my bag, I put the settings, I look outside or wherever the lighting is and I try to guess what I think the light is before I yeah, uh, exposure. You know, do exactly. a light reading. Yeah. I think a lot, and, of, uh, lot of us do that. That's, um, yeah. um, it's just something just to keep, keep yourself switched on, I guess. And um, yeah, some days you'll get it spot on. Some days you'll be three stops out, but that's all right. <laughs> you'll, um, you'll get there eventually. But um is it it's, wrong that uh, I get a little bit of a buzz when I get it spot on the money? <laughs> not at all, mate. Not at all. I'm sure you high five yourself and run around the yeah. run around the um, living room. I'm sure, but um, it's <laughs> yeah. I th- you know, I, I think yeah. While the gear is really good, I think the you know the true photographers will still stand um, apart from from the person who can just afford the gear and go out and and and, and shoot stuff in the street i think um you know you still got to have that that eye and i know every single person that i work with um or work alongside you know i you know you know they've got that eye and you know they could have an iphone in their hand and they're still going to get amazing pictures that's the difference so it goes back to the old saying that you don't need a good camera to take good pictures but it can help okay well um i think that's a good uh a good as place as any to leave it um Hopefully, uh, our listeners have taken a bit of uh, good knowledge from your uh, advice there, which I have as well. Always <laughs> learning, you know that. <laughs> Everyone's always learning, mate. There's not not a day I go to work where I 
don't want to learn and I don't think I'm going to learn anything. So it's um, that's the beauty of this job. You know, every day is completely different and um, that's what motivates you, I guess, just to, to keep going and finding new things to do. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great job and, and most days I don't even look at it as a job and I think the day I get up and think that it is a job, I'll probably go and do something else. Yeah, same, uh, same here actually. Uh, uh, yeah, we're very lucky. But um, I'll leave it there for now. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. Um, again, congratulations on uh, your wedding and uh, becoming a, a husband and a <laughs> house and a mortgage a mortgage payer and all that oh, kind of stuff. They remind me, <laughs> mate. They remind me. Um, yeah, no, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, good luck with the show. It's been. Uh, it's been riveting listening so far to your other episodes, and uh, I know the buzz is spreading around Australia, and um, and um, I'm sure you'll be trending worldwide shortly. Cool, all right. Thank you very much. I'll slip you the $50 in the mail for uh, saying that as well, so I appreciate you that. You make one. it 50 pounds, mate, because the dollar's not doing too well at the moment. So. <laughs> uh, the euro's not doing too well either, so I can't... I'll take uh, euro, mate. I'll take euro. That's fine. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Thanks very much. We'll speak soon, huh? Cheers, Dan. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. Ryan, many thanks for your time. Once listeners have a look through your website, they'll see some top-class sports photography as well as the awards you've picked up along the way. Thanks again, mate. It's always good to chat to you. Fellow sports photographers, whether you love cricket or not, this is there is much more to his website so please have a look at ryanpierce.com. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, and Pierce is spelled P-I-E-R-S-E.com. There's a link, of course, in the show notes, and as well, there's a link to his favorite 30 images on the, on the site. Uh, again, a great example of how to use light at an event. Now, the photography philosophy listener out there in podcast land, ideas, inspiration, motivation. These are the words I'd hope these discussions will have on many of you. And for some, I know these are helping. And for letting me know, I thank you very much. If you have any questions or complaints or anything to say at all, I would love to hear from more of you. So please contact me on my Twitter handle, AllSportsSnapper, or my website, AllSportsSnapper.com. Just an extra note, in a few episodes, I will be doing a listener question show so please have a think and get in touch. Some of you already have, and I'm saving them up and I will answer them all in a shorter than normal episode. Finally, my name is Dean. Thank you again very much for your time. And observe, listen, and practice, because your best photo could be one frame away. Music.